Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. You know, this morning, you know, I was going over with the team, our creative team, you know, how to open up and talk to you about what I'm about to talk to you about. And, you know, I I just really felt... The best way to do this is to, you know, quote Paul. Paul said this. He said, if I was here to please man, I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. But I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please the Lord. And so what I'm about to share with you is going to be pastoral, but it's also going to be prophetic. And so it's going to be a serious message, but I want you to receive it. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit that he would reveal to you, you know, what it is that maybe you need to hear from this message, that we would have eyes to see, we have ears to hear what it is the Lord wants to say. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you're just going to do what you want to do in each one of us, Lord. And Lord, I know in some of this, it might be a little challenging, uh, really coming against some of our culture and maybe some of our, our habits. Lord, I pray that it would be in a way that is not with condemnation, not with guilt, but Lord, with a way that is with conviction, in a way, O oh God, that is with a heart to love and devote ourselves to you, realizing the world we live in, we live in a world that's constantly just doing things to, to draw us away from you, and Lord, let us recognize that, God. Help us to recognize it as the body, everyone who will hear this, everyone who will listen to this, no matter where they're at, oh God, and everyone who is in here, everyone in De Quincey, at the jail, uh, online, Lord, let us hear it, Father. I pray this in the name of Yeshua, our great Messiah, and everyone said, amen. You know, when you think about the church world, it's been an interesting few years, and But it's not just, you know, the last few years. If we go back just, let's say, 10 years, 10 years ago, and this is what what studies are showing, and not just studies are showing, it's what I see. I'm not just quoting what, what people are saying, and they are saying it, and studies are showing this. I'm telling you what I'm seeing as well, because it, they both bear witness. And when you have, you know, two witnesses and let everything be established. But 10 years ago, say 10, that's not long ago. Think about history. 10 years ago, that's not long ago. Think about, you know, the length of our country. How holds our country as far as being a country? Who can tell me? 200 and what? 254. Thank you. Teacher had to tell me that. 254, right? Years. So when you think about 10 years, all right, that's, a, that's a short time. And of course, our country was doing things before that. Um, 
But just 10 years ago, when people considered themselves to be a committed Christian, they went to church twice a week. That was a committed Christian. They considered, hey, I'm committed. I'm going to be in church, you know, twice a week. I'm going to go on Sunday. I'm going to go midweek. And it's just the way you did things, just the way you lived, just 10 years ago, okay? Now, since that time, let's fast forward to today. Today, committed Christians all around the country, and I'm mainly talking about America, committed Christians all around the country are now consider themselves to be committed Christians if they go to church twice a month. So we have gone from twice a week to twice a month. I just got to tell you, this ain't good. I mean, you don't have to do the math to realize that that can happen in 10 years. And you oh, no, not here. Okay, you don't think so? Go look at Europe. Have you ever been to Europe? I've been to Europe. You go, and there's great, I mean, great revivals took place in Europe. Great moves of God took place in Europe. And when, I, when, I, when we were in Europe, I've been in Europe many times, there's these awesome churches, Protestant churches, Catholic churches. There's all these awesome churches. And you know what they are today? Museums. The doors are open every day, but not for church. So people can just go tour them. And, and be impressed with the architecture. But no one's going in them anymore. And don't think that that cannot happen here. It is happening here in America. And it's because of what we're seeing. We're creating these awful habits. Awful habits. So why is this happening? Reasoning. One, social platforms. Social platforms of people, they say, well, you know, I can just watch podcasts. If I have any subject, I, you know, I, I, I want to hear, I'll just get on a podcast and hear a podcast. I don't really need to go to church to hear nothing. I can just do whatever I need to do. And so that's, that's, that's a very uh, big mistake to think that church is just for you to be taught. But that's one of the things. And look, I appreciate, you know, the social platforms and podcasts. I appreciate that, but it doesn't take the place of church. And it shouldn't. You know, the, Pastor Terry, we're doing the most funerals we've ever done, the most funerals we've ever done, and normally it's not church members. These are members in the community that don't have a church. They don't have a church, and so when they have a death, they, they say, man, who can help us out? And we do because we love them, and we're going to help them out. But there's the, in, there's the problem, and so there's, there's, they have no church they have no fellowship so social media you know can't take the place of the gathering Uh, you know the cultural the culture changes the culture has changed big time where you know we're going to talk about that more but you know where there's some sacred times they're not sacred anymore you know COVID everybody knows what COVID did to the church world affluency Affluency is, is huge because as we become affluent, we make choices and we have the opportunity to choose. And, you know, Jesus, his teaching, he said, it would be hard for rich people to get to, to heaven. It'd be hard for a rich person to come into the kingdom of God. Uh, so affluency is something that because we have choices now, 
church is just another choice. It's not what's priority. Um, lack of understanding of the importance of the gathering. I think that's huge. No longer see the value of the gathering. You know, a lot of people, especially uh, the younger generation, they're just, they're like, okay, I, you know, church, I just don't know why I need to go do that. Because they have no idea of the value that is in the gathering. And so we're going into a time where we're talking about the gathering, and this is going to be part one. So we can truly understand it and turn the tide. We have to fight, you know, what the enemy, to be honest with you, is doing with drawing people more and more away from the gathering until it's just a godless society. You know, Scripture in Hebrews 10, 24, it says, and let us Consider how to encourage one another to love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as it is the habit of some. So back in the early church, this was also beginning to be a problem. Way back in the early church, they began to abandon the gathering. And it says that's a bad habit. That's a habit that you don't want to get into. Uh, but be encouraging, but uh, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Guys, I, hopefully you see that the day is drawing near. I mean, this, this whole idea of, you know, it's almost, and I, I think it's, it's, it's prophetic. Uh, I mean, where we're going to go to this digital money or this one world currency, eventually it's going to hit that. Well, once you I'm just giving you a a scenario. Once there's that, you know, digital currency, that's when the government can control what you buy and sell. And if they don't like your stance on something, they'll be able to shut you off. And so just setting up things in the Bible that the Bible talks about. And so we need to make sure that we even gather more because of what we are seeing around us with the famines and the plagues and everything else. So why should we acknowledge this has become a bad habit and a bad pattern? Why should we seek to be more faithful to the gathering? Remember, I'm here to please the Lord, not you. So the first reason is the gathering is a pattern given to us since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time, when the Lord made creation, he said, On the seventh day, I'm going to give you an example. On the seventh day, he rested. He didn't just rest. He looked at everything that he had done, and he said, oh, it is so good. And he rested from that. And he told man, he said, so I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to make it holy. I want you to set it apart. And I want you to make this a a holy time. And then I want to bring you to the book of Deuteronomy in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, Deuteronomy is the book of, it means to repeat. And Moses, of course, in Exodus has given the Ten Commandments and they outline the Ten Commandments. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, this is where there is a uh, repeat of these commandments. Now, right off the bat, some people would say, well, the commandments aren't for me, really. So I guess, you know, do not kill isn't for us. Do not murder isn't for us. Do not steal. I guess that's not for us. You know, do not put another God before God. Do not make a graven image. Do not 
covet what your neighbors. Do not lie or bear false witness against your neighbor. You don't think any of that's for us? The, the law is good. It can't save you, but it's good. And actually, love, loving the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, actually is fulfillment of all ten. The first four is loving God. The, the last six is about loving others. And so they're very applicable to us. And so I want to bring you to the fourth commandment that's uh, restated by Moses here. And I want you to see, you know, the purpose, because a lot of people think, well, okay, it's just about me resting. No, it goes way beyond that. It's about resting and making it holy so that you can worship God. And in Deuteronomy, it's, it's further uh, clarified what it's for. And so Deuteronomy 5, verse 12, starting in verse 12, it says, keep the Sabbath day. By the way, the Sabbath day that you're talking about here is a Saturday. And so that's the Sabbath day. It says, keep the Sabbath day treated as holy. In other words, set apart as different than every other day. As the Lord your God commanded you, for six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. It's a Sabbath day to who? Hmm. Hmm. It's a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. So it's not just about you, is it? Yeah, it's about rest, but it's about something else. It's, it's, it's about us stopping everything and realizing who God is. And he goes, you shall not do any work on that day. You or your sons or your daughters, or your male slaves or female slaves, or your ox, your donkeys, any of your cattle, uh, or your resident who stays with you, so that your male slave and female slave may rest as well as you. So it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to get my stuff. I'm going to be able to rest, but, you know, I want to make sure my stuff keeps going, so I'm going to work everybody else. He said, no, you don't do that. Everybody rests. Everybody stop. Everybody realize you need to point yourself to God. It says, and you shall remember. Now, this is big. This is big. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and outstretched arm. And therefore, the Lord your God commanded you, what? To celebrate the Sabbath day. So I want you to notice something. From the beginning of time, first of all, it was to rest, but it was to honor God. It was to rest and honor God as your creator, that he created you, that he made you. And so that was the first part of the Sabbath, resting and honoring the Lord and acknowledging him. And it would show the whole world that, hey, we're not just in here happen chance. We're in here because we have a creator. And then, and then when it's brought back through the law and Moses began to bring this in, it went a step further. Not just that he created you, honoring him that he created you, but now the Sabbath comes, becomes something even more. Because now it's a day where you will remember that you were a slave in Egypt. And when an outstretched arm, God came and delivered you out of slavery. He said, you're going to have to remember this. And I want you to remember this every single week. You need to remember this and you need to celebrate that you were set free from Egypt. Come on, someone. 
You see, that's exactly what we're called to do now. Same like communion. Communion was a foreshadow of what was to come. Communion was a foreshadow of the wrath of God passing us up because of the blood. All right, it was a foreshadow. We have communion because we celebrate that we are saved from the wrath of God. And we celebrate that. We remember that. It's the same way on, on when we gather in the gathering. Part of the gathering is to celebrate that God freed us from sin. So we're called to come together so we'll never forget and we'll always celebrate our freedom from sin. That God freed us from sin and death. So this day is a day of celebration. It's a day of rest. It's a day of honoring God who created us. And it's a day that we should never, ever forget And it's a command of the Lord that we celebrate this day. That's why we come and sing. That's why we come and shout. That's why we come and clap our hands. Because we're celebrating. We're remembering. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it said, when you're coming together and you're having communion, remember what the Lord has done. He says, remember, keep this in front of you so that you will never forget this. Wow. See, the Jews and the Christians kept this pattern throughout history. The Jews, actually, they would come together and meet at the synagogues on the Saturdays and to honor God and to read from the scriptures. Where do you think we get all this? They would come and they would sing and they would honor God and they would read from the scriptures. What did Jesus do? He went in the synagogue and he sat down and he read the scriptures. So they were reading the scriptures, and they were, but they were together. They were together. And they were doing this. So the Jews kept this up, and then the Christians kept this pattern as well. Except in Christianity, this is where it switched, where we moved from a Saturday to a Sunday. And in Acts 20 and 7, it says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread... You know, the first century church came together on the first day of the week, and it was considered the Lord's day because that's the day that he rose from the dead. You see, it was also a weekly memorial day to honor the Lord and worship through communion like I was just talking about. And so what I want you to see is, is it became the Lord's day. John, in Revelations, it said, on the Lord's day. Now, you can look this up very easily through uh, historians, very easily through church history. They were meeting on the Lord's Day, which was Sunday, and that was switched because of the significance of Jesus being raised from the dead on that day. But they, they treated that day as special. You know, in our society and within the church, this pattern is being broken, which is creating bad habits in this world. This pattern is now being broken, and we need to recognize this, and it's creating these bad habits. Listen, the, the early church, they actually, and you can look this up, AD 300, so 300 years after Christ, literally they saw it to be so important, they actually passed laws that on Sunday, Sunday, the Lord's Day, Everyone had to be in church. It was a law. They actually passed a law to this. And because they knew the importance of this, 
They learned the importance of this. And then our early history of America. When the Puritans came over, they created, some of you know what I'm talking about, blue laws. Who knows what I'm talking about when I say blue laws? Okay, some of you don't even know what that is. That's sad when it was only a couple hundred years ago. So the blue laws were created where nothing else happened on Sunday. Everything was shut down on Sunday because it was considered a holy day, the Lord's Day. And people were encouraged at that time that, hey, you needed to be in church. It was, that was the Lord's Day, and you needed to honor the Lord on that day. And that's how we rolled until the 60s. So all of a sudden in the 60s, these blue laws began to be removed. I remember, I actually can remember, even though they had been removed in some of the country towns, they were still upholding a lot of this. I remember on Sunday, you wouldn't go in a store because they just wouldn't open. They just wouldn't open. Guys, this was just only in the, okay, the 60s and the 70s. Now, when they begin to repeal these blue laws, what's interesting is Sarah actually did some study for me on this. They did the results, you know, of what has happened since they began to remove these blue laws. And what they found when they begin to remove the blue laws, that all of a sudden, that's where the big decline of people going to church begin to happen. That's when they stopped giving like they used to give. That's when they stop uh, participating like they used to participate. And watch this. And that is where the initial drug addiction and alcoholism really took off. Just like the school, when we removed prayer from the school, that's when the school started falling apart. When we, began, when we removed the blue laws out of America, we told God, no longer are you to be a priority. No longer, we, we, have, we have other priorities, and now everything's open everywhere. Now nothing sacred anywhere. Stores, sports, it doesn't matter. It just, everything is just one day just like another day. And that's where we have come. Come on, is this not so? The second reason is the weekly gathering creates a time we encourage one another to love and practice good deeds. You know, in Hebrews 10, 24, it says, and let us consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. Guys, what happens is when people are not in the gathering, slowly there's a slow fade where your life becomes about you. And there's a very selfishness that begins to take place. Because no longer is there sacrifice either. No longer is there any sacrifice. Sacrifice of time, sacrifice of resources. You see, so it becomes a very self-centered Christianity that, that begins to take place, that begins to happen. And we need to realize that. We need to acknowledge that. We need to see that. We need to understand that. And so church is about encouraging us not to make it about ourselves, but make it about God and make it about loving 
and making it about doing good works so we can impact the world around us, especially getting people saved. The third is, if we continue down this path of meeting less, eventually the gathering of the church will cease to exist and we will end up going our own way. And guys, if you don't know history, you repeat history. And it all, again, everything that you need to know about life is found in the First Testament, which is what many call the Old Covenant, uh, the Old Testament, and it's also found in the New Testament. You know, in Judges, the book of Judges, people did just that. They got to a place where they didn't think they needed each other, and everyone began to do what was right in their own eyes. And by the way, that was not a good time in history. That was not a good time. That was not God's plan. But that's exactly what happens. And let me just throw this out to you guys. What we don't prioritize in our generation, the next generation will minimize. And it don't take much to go just see this. It don't take much at all to see this. That's already happening. When as a parent, when you don't make this a priority, then your children say, well, that must not be that valuable. As a parent, when this is just an option, then your, your children just goes, oh, okay, that's just one of the things you can do if you don't have something else to do. Guys, I'm just being real. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help you. I'm here as a messenger of God Almighty to prophesy what's happening in our midst right now. This ain't going to happen. This isn't going to come. This is here. And we got to determine how we're going to react. I'm not actually going to do anything because I said something. Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm just a lowly messenger. But you got to take what God's sending through this messenger, and what are you going to do with that with him? So you take what this is with him, and what are you going to do with it? Hmm. The body was meant to work together, guys, to be connected together to make an impact together. We're meant to do this together. But if we act like pebbles and we do our own thing, kind of like what you said, Pastor Joey, you know, when you just take what you have and you just go and you're just going to do your own thing, then your impact's like a pebble throwing it in the ocean. You can't even tell that it hit the water. It, It didn't have a ripple effect. It barely even makes a disturbance. Because we weren't designed to do it that way. We're designed to take all of our pebbles and put them together and make a boulder. And when you put this boulder and you throw it into the waters, the reaction of that is an impact. There's waves that are going to take place. And a wave of the Spirit can only happen when we all come together in one spirit and one mind and one heart. 
with one gospel, under one banner, the banner of Jesus Christ and his Holy Father. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we take our time, talent, treasure, and touch, and we put it all together. We make an impact. You know, in Ephesians 4.16, it says, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part. There has to be a proper working of each individual part. A proper working of each individual part. Are we operating properly? In a machine, if you take some of the parts and you left them out, it wouldn't operate properly. So you got to keep them together. How can the hand say to the foot, I don't need you? How can the arm say to the leg, I don't need you? Causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. This is what God's called us to. We must not forsake the gathering for podcasts and social media experiences. Let me tell you something. You can't get this experience any other place. The gathering is unique, very unique. For other options afforded us because of the blessings given to us. Let me ask you this. Are your blessings drawing you closer to God or are they drawing you away from God? Are they like thorns choking out what could be? Hmm. Or because of the lack of understanding, loss of value to the importance of the gathering? So number one, the gathering called the church, let me tell you something. This is not man's idea. This is God's idea. This is God's idea. Read history. Read the Bible. After the four Gospels, the rest of the Bible is dedicated to the local churches. How they should operate. What they should do. What they should not do. The leadership in the church. The mission of the church. The the rest of it is there. Even Jesus, when he came back, he didn't visit people's houses. He visited local churches. And he evaluated how local churches were doing. Like the one church when they thought they didn't need anything. That's where we're at. We're, We're in a church where they said, oh, we're rich. We don't need anything. And the Lord said, you don't know how pitiful you really are. Because they had wealth, they had affluency. And he said, you don't realize the state that you're really in. And I think that's kind of with us in the church world in America today. The gathering called the church, it's God's idea. So you gotta you gotta think if I'm gonna if I'm going to buck against that, then I'm bucking against God. Kind of like when the Lord told Paul, he said, Why do you fight against the goads? In other words, the prod. He said, why are you fighting against that? And Paul recognized and said, wow. 
We need to recognize that this is God's idea. It's not ours. You know, in the gathering, we encourage to challenge and to love and to do good deeds. If we don't have that, we end up being a very selfish Christianity. Our collective gathering makes the biggest impact. As we all work together, taking what we all have, that only we have it because God gave it to us. By the way, anything you have that's good, and I do mean anything, God gave that to you. Because all good things come from Him. And so as we take all those good things, our time, touch, talent, and treasure, and put them together, guess what? We're going to have a huge impact in the world. And the fourth thing is the church, the church's existence depends on it. If we don't protect the gathering, we're on a bad trend. When the committed Christians consider twice a month commitment, and that's committed Christians, we're on a bad trend. We're on a bad way. To help people to be more consistent in the gathering, understanding something that, you know, Sunday is definitely the Lord's Day. Definitely the Lord's Day. But we also understand Romans 14, when, when you're mature, one person that might consider one day above all the other six said but another person considered all days belonging to God we understand that and I want to explain this because of what's happening around us in the culture that we are now in we're going to add a Thursday night option to our weekend services so the new weekend service times I want you to show them up there it's going to be Thursdays 6 30 p.m. Sundays 8 30 and 10 15 a.m. Now, why are we doing this? To help people. To help people. Because think about this. Our poor shift workers, which breaks my heart. Every other weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They either quit their job or they got to work their job. And the church has to make an adjustment so we can help them to be able to be faithful to the gathering. How about turnarounds? I watch men, they get saved, they get fired up, and they get on a three-month turnaround. This is just the world we live in here in Ascension Parish, in the surrounding area. They get on a three-month turnaround, and then they're gone. They're out of church. And what's sad, and I don't even know why this is, but when the husband don't go to church, the rest of the family won't go to church. And I'm like, Cindy, when I worked shift work, because I understand, I used to be this in this place. And I understood it so much, and I'm not saying anyone needs to do this. But when I was working shift work, I understand so much the importance of the fellowship and the gathering. Even when I work nights, Cindy, you can bear witness to this. And I'm not saying anyone needs to do this because we're going to provide a way for you. But we didn't have that way. So I would literally get off work at 6 a.m., drive to the church. They gave me a key, go in. I'd sleep on the chairs and I'd wait for my wife and them to get there or the the leaders would come in and I would help them clean up and set up and then my wife would get there and we'd do church together and then I'd go home and sleep because it was that important. And my, my kids saw that. Cindy saw that. And it did something in them. 
So you understand, but I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying no one has to do that. But what I'm saying is we're going to provide a way so you guys and girls that have to work shift work, that have to, you know, be on turnarounds and things like that, we're going to provide a way that you can still be faithful. And that way we'll have a Thursday evening where you can still be here. If that's not love, I don't know what is. If that's not adjusting and trying to help the body, I don't know what is. How about the retail workers? Because now everything's open. We leave here, everything's open. You know what's crazy? I hate to say this, but I guess, you know, we might as well. Mostly it's all open because we're all going to it. I mean, restaurants mainly are open to catch the church crowd. I'm just saying. So all those people have no opportunity. Think about it. Retail workers. I don't know how many times I said, hey, you know, we'd love to have church, man. There's so many people that cannot make a window of Sunday morning because it's impossible with where our culture is. So I want to make a way for them. I'm willing, I'm willing, I want to make a way for them. And, and how about, how about, you know, people traveling out of town? People going out of town. We used to be families about twice a year going vacation. Now families twice a month are going out of town. And so, which is, look, I'm just saying, I'm not judging. I'm not doing anything. What I'm saying is we're going to provide a way where you have a way to make God first. Can I get an amen? So if you're going to do it, just make him first. And you're going to be so glad that you did. Because remember, this is about celebrating him. This is about celebrating our freedom. This is about honoring him as creator. So we'll never forget this, ever. Pastor Terry, where you at? Come up here. Come up here. I pre- How many of you appreciate Pastor Terry? Such a great man of God. And look, I know in De Quincey is is different, but I hope to get to a time when if y'all need that there, we're going to provide that there. This is the culture where we're at, and this is what's happening where we're at. And I just think it's wrong if a restaurant's only open one window, you're only going to catch so many people. We're going to open an additional window so we can catch more people. You know, Pastor Terry, I know, you know, in a little while, in a couple of weeks or whatever, you're going to be going on vacation. So what's one of the things you did with going on vacation? Yeah, I was just sharing with Pastor. We take a yearly vacation, and uh, we're always going. A whole family is from Sunday, I mean, from Saturday to Saturday. So we're always missing that Sunday service. So when I found out that we were changing, going to a Thursday night service, we were making plans for the vacation. And uh, we talked to my wife, the family. I said, hold on a second. No, we have a Thursday night uh, service. So I said, hey, the whole family gets together. We're going to be at church on Thursday night before we leave on vacation on that Saturday. So we don't feel like we're missing out on that Sunday or try to find somewhere. So it's a true a blessing for a whole family. We get to worship the Lord, not feel that we're not putting him off for vacation or know we're going to make it a priority. And so our whole family is going to be here Thursday before we go on vacation. Amen, Pastor. Amen. And look, I, you know, for some different scenarios that's, that won't work on vacation, but it's mainly what I'm trying to tell you is at least weekly, we have a biblical pattern 
that we need to do our best, do our best. And I know the culture is, is all jacked up with no God and don't care about none of this, but we need to care about it. And to be honest with you, as a church, we need to fight the culture that the Lord's day is still special, but we also need to provide opportunity realizing the culture we in. And that's why we're doing this guys. Memorial Day weekends next next weekend. So, you know, a lot of people travel on Memorial Day weekend. They'll they'll leave Friday morning. Uh, I'm asking this: if you're traveling out of town, we have an opportunity for you. We're starting Thursday nights, and we'll continue Thursday nights from then on. But we're starting Thursday nights this Thursday, six thirty. And just to encourage you, we're gonna have some chicken. Can I get an amen? We, we're going to cook some chicken. We have an after party for you. That way, man, if you're going out of town, come. I didn't have so many people already. Just We did a connect lunch, uh, pastor's lunch, a couple weeks ago. And I actually had a couple people say, I'm just tell you, and this is just the Lord confirming this. They said, they said, man, pastor, we can only come twice a month because we work on two different people in, in that lunch. And so because we work on Sundays. And one of them was like, I'm thinking about just quitting my job so I can come to church. And, and then I had a man uh, a couple of weeks ago came up to me and said, Pastor, I just took a sick day because I need to be in church and I had to just come to church. When we did Thursday night a couple of weeks ago, we had new people came that said, thank y'all for doing Thursday night because we can't come on Sundays. Uh, we had new people that came. We had committed Believers, solid people in the church that came and said, thank you for doing this. We're about to go out of town and we're going to be gone. And so thank you for doing this because now we can be here. Guys, and it was powerful. How many know God can move on Thursday night? It was powerful, just like he moves on Sunday morning. And so I'm just sharing my heart, guys. Listen, I don't even choose what I'm going to preach. I pray and I ask God and, and a lot of it I'm like, Lord, you sure about this? They're going to be mad at me and they're not going to like me and and, and he said, you worried about them liking you or me liking you? And I'm like, well, I guess if you put it that way. <laughs> I'm a bond servant of Christ. And if you love the church, you love God, you see this. Let me just ask you this question. It's not what I said. I know it's a double negative, Cindy, but if not, I don't know how to talk anywhere else. So if not, it's not what I said. Is that not true? Come on, the things we just talked about. Just think right now. Is that not so? Is that not what you see happening to? Is that not what you're being tempted with even? I mean, it's just so. As a church, we didn't want to bury our head in the sand. We wanted to be a solution. And that's why we do in Thursday nights to be a solution. I, I got like one more minute. I'll, can I tell you something? Be honest with you guys. Do Quincy, y'all listen. So... From January, Sarah, you know this. How many meetings were, I was like, man, there's something stirring in me about midweek. And I was like, what do we do? I was thinking maybe Wednesday, every Wednesday. Oh, we still doing first Wednesday too. We still doing that. We still doing. So the, so I was like, just something stirring just for months. And I just couldn't figure it out. And I kept praying, praying, praying. And then when I was meditating, I was literally meditating and the Lord showed me all this. And I was like, a Thursday night was solved that. That would solve so many things for so many people. But I can't lie to you. Because that changes a lot of things. Like even with our staff and everything else. Because now we're going to be, uh, we're gonna be, you know, I told the staff to try to keep them healthy too. 
And uh, I said, we're going to start working now Sunday to Thursday. So Monday, we're full on. And, you know, normally I'd give the staff off on Monday. So I said, no more. We're going to work, you know, Sunday through Thursday. And many times we have weddings and funerals during the weekend and stuff. But that's all fine. We don't mind doing that. But I said, you know, all in all, we're going to work, you know, Sunday through. And I started thinking, I said, wait a minute. I said, wow, we begin our week worshiping God and we end our week worshiping God. I said, man, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. But when it came to do that first Thursday two weeks ago, I was literally just sick on the inside because I was like, ain't no one going to show up, Lord. <laughs> it's going to be bad. No one going to come. And so, man, I'm just, and then like, you know, uh, an hour before service, it was just raining. I'm like, oh, Lord. I went out there. One of the guys said, rain, stop. You stop it. <laughs> it did end up stopping uh, after we got in. But I was like, but I watched, I watched people get out of their cars, and it was really hard, and get their feet wet coming in and themselves wet coming in. I said, go turn the AC to 70 because they'll be cold. They wet. You know, I'm always thinking about you guys and how can we, you know, comfort and help you guys to, to not be distracted and to focus in. And, but I was so nervous about that. And I just thank God. We had 177 people came out that night. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. That's huge. That was huge. But this, this Thursday is for you. Those of you going out of town, it's for you. Maybe this even works better for some of you. That's fine. We're going to open the doors. We're going to preach Jesus. We're going to get people in the presence of God. We're going to remember our creator. We're going to remember we were free. We're going to honor God. I'm not going to let the culture take away what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. Y'all stand on your feet. Love you guys. Father, thank you for the, the gathering. Thank you for each individual. Lord, thank you for De Quincey. Thank you for what you are doing in all of this, my God. Lord, help us, Lord, to reach more people. Help us to grow. Help us to make an impact in your world. Lord, help this, help people to be more faithful, more committed. Lord, help it to reach new folks. Help us, help it, oh God, that, that people who can't even make a Sunday morning, Lord, that this would be a great opportunity to reach them for you. Lord, I pray this. We ask for this, Lord. In the name of Yeshua, the great Messiah. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. I love you guys. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. God bless y'all.